Oh, Heavenly Father, we come just thanking you for this time of worship and fellowship. Thanking you for just keeping us and protecting us from last Sunday to this Sunday. We pray, God, that you would bless the word this morning, that we would be enlightened and that we would draw closer to you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And good morning. Indeed, it's an honor uh, to stand before you and present the word uh, today. us to prepare our minds and our hearts to, to hear God's word um, on a day like this, especially as we draw closer to, to Christmas, uh, to Christmas Day. Okay. Can I save my voice there? I'll save it. I'll talk louder though, it's fine. All right. Um, today's lesson text will come from Luke uh, chapter 1. Verses 67 through 80. It's the end of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 67 through 80. And this is Zechariah's prophecy. This is Zechariah's prophecy. I'm not going to ask um, a show of hands regarding the... Um, extension activity from last week. <laughs> uh, but hopefully you had an opportunity to read um, verses 57 and 66 in the same chapter. Um, we saw a transition, um, but it connects with last week's lesson to um, today's lesson. As we're in this um, time of the year where we're preparing for um, the coming of Jesus um, in scripture texts. Um, and even today, being that we're on the opposite side of it, we still are preparing um, our hearts and our minds for Jesus' return, um, as well as every opportunity we get to hear God's word is a preparation of heart and mind. Um, and so we definitely want to take it seriously as we approach this time of uh, fellowship. Just as a, a way of review, if we remember from last week, we had um, Mary's Magnificat, or Magnificat. And during that time, Mary praise the Lord for what he was doing in her life, in the life of her people, and in the lives of all um, who would um, benefit uh, from salvation. And so it was a song of praise, really. It was a hymn of praise. It was loaded with scripture references because we can't praise and worship God without knowledge of scripture. So if we don't know the word of God, we can't praise and worship God. We worship God based on our understanding of who he is in light of scripture. That's why it's so important that we understand that so that when we come to God in prayer, when we sing songs, we're reflective of what he's done for us. So we're not coming to him out of ignorance. When you looked at that song last week from Mary, it was just that. Mary reminded herself of God's goodness, his mercy, his grace, his favor, all of which she recognized she didn't deserve or earn. We don't earn or deserve anything from God. It is because he loves us, he's gracious, and he's merciful. 
uh, we want to always remain in that mindset. We don't ever want to get to a point where we feel like, I earned this blessing. <laughs> this blessing came to me because I did this, this, and this. No, if we receive any blessing, it's because God allowed us to come into the knowledge of his word and we were obedient um, to what he provided, but it's all God. It's all God. Um, that is a challenge um, because many of us in here specialize in something. There's something that we're good at. We have a gift, and sometimes we could focus on that gift or that skill set more than focusing on God to the point where we feel like, hey, I'm good at this. You know, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And God is saying it's all because of me. It's all because of everything I provided. And so last week or this week, I asked that we read Luke 1, 57 through 66. There's a couple of things that we noted. Um, first in verse 66, Mary stayed with Elizabeth right up until the birth of baby Johnny. Right until the birth of baby Johnny. And then she left. And then we almost transition into just focusing in on the house of Zacharias. Zacharias, Elizabeth, family and friends. Family and friends all around, they're rejoicing because they understood her condition and her situation. She was older and she was barren. And God had blessed her and Zacharias um, as a result of prophecy and scripture that would be fulfilled. We see that the baby was circumcised on the eighth day according to Jewish um, scripture. Um, Leviticus chapter 12 speaks of circumcision on the eighth day. And so they're following the, um, the law and the command that God has set um, before them. It was also customary during this time, very similar to today, to name the child after the father. And so they figured that the child would be named little Zacharias, little Zacharias Jr. <laughs> All right. um, however, we could assume that something took place right before this where we know Zacharias is mute at this time. Um, and something took place during this time where Zacharias must have written down to Elizabeth that the baby's name will be John. Not Zacharias, John. Um, from there, she probably understood that he was mute. He couldn't speak. They assumed because he couldn't speak, he couldn't hear as well. And so when you looked at that scripture from last week, they were using sign language and different things like that to communicate with Zacharias. Elizabeth said, no, we will name the child John. We will name the child John. The people were confused because it didn't make sense. They said, you don't have anybody in the family named John. Maybe you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're just overwhelmed with joy. Let me ask Zacharias. And they went to ask Zacharias, and Zacharias grabbed the writing table, and he wrote on there, the baby's name will be John. In scripture, names meant something. In scripture, names meant something. Like today, we may just Google a, a cute baby name, and then we'll name the baby something that we found on the internet. But back then, names meant something. Zachariah's name means the Lord has remembered. This is important to the story. Zachariah's name means the Lord has remembered. John's name means Jehovah, the Lord has been gracious. He has shown favor. So it's almost as if this is saying when we look at this scripture today, the Lord has remembered, therefore he has shown grace and favor. 
so we see this in the text with the presentation of John that will be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. God remembered. So you may say, well, what did God remember? Zacharias will actually speak about this in today's text. And how has the Lord been gracious and shown favor? Zacharias had another chance in the scripture text. Now we know a little bit about Zacharias. First of all, he was a priest. And if you want to be technical, it was almost as if he was the last Old Testament priest. But we're moving into a new time here. So he was like the last Old Testament priest. There was a period where God really wasn't speaking to people and scripture wasn't being written down for about 400 years or so. There was a good time period there. And so then we're presented with this story where Zacharias is on the scene and he has his time and he's there at the temple and it's his time to burn the incense and give the blessing. Today's lesson could be titled the Benedictus because Zacharias in this prayer gives somewhat of a benediction to the people. Usually during this time when they would worship, they would come to the temple and they would worship, incense would be burned and then the priest would walk out and give a blessing. A benediction, similar to what we would do at the end of a service today. We may have Emmett's benediction at the end. <laughs> he would kind of send us off, send us on our way. This is something that we see in many churches, that ending or that closing of, of worship service. This is what we see in the text here. However, it's been about nine months or so where Zacharias hadn't said anything because he's been mute. And so the people have been waiting for this benediction, this thing that was customary here in worship. If you go back to Numbers, the sixth chapter, this is where the benediction stems from. I do want to read it. This is more of the priestly blessing or the priestly prayer by Aaron and his sons. This is what was typical during worship service in this time at the temple. And it says, and this is Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. This is Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. You probably know this by heart. I mean, it, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. This was a benediction of safety where it says he would keep them. This was a prayer or benediction of favor. It says that he would make his face shine upon thee. This was a blessing or benediction of peace. And really in verse 27, this was a blessing or prayer of association or identity with the one true God, with the one true God. And so they were expecting Zacharias to come out and they had been waiting for him for months to come out and give the priestly benediction or the priestly prayer. However, Zacharias hadn't been able to speak. But God is a God of second chances. God is a God of second chances. 
if there was one thing that I I could teach from experience in my life <laughs> is God is a God of second chances. We make mistakes. We fail. We fall. We stumble. We have disappointments. We have setbacks, obstacles, adversities. We turn our back on God. We walk away from God. We ignore God. But God is a God of second chances. If you're sitting here with me, you probably, I know you are, even if you don't want to share, you are a recipient of a second chance, a second chance by God. Zacharias has a second chance. He has another chance to obey God. Zacharias was irresponsible with God's word. He was supposed to believe in what he was teaching the people. He was supposed to believe what the scripture said. He was in a position of authority. We all are priests and you're responsible for somebody. <laughs> whether it's the little one, whether it's your children, we all are priests. Like Job, we're responsible for our families. We're responsible with the word of God. I don't have the opportunity to not believe God. If I don't believe God and what the scripture says, God will judge me. God will discipline me. And that will fall on my children and my children's children. I don't have time to, to play around with God's word. Neither do you. We are priests. We're responsible for what the word of God says. We don't have time to say, oh, I'm not sure if I believe this or not. We need to believe it. Zacharias didn't have time for that. So when he did not believe the fulfillment of scripture in his life regarding his son, God dealt with him. But God is a God of second chances. So when time came for Zacharias to get himself together and to believe, he wrote on a tablet, his name shall be called John. And then his, it says his mouth opened and his tongue loose and he, get, he gave this benediction. And again, they were expecting him to say, bless the number six priestly uh, benediction. But instead he says this, and I'll read from Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 67. I'm going to read this scripture at a time. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but piece at a time. It says, And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Now this is prophecy here in scripture. This is prophecy. It says he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Before we speak, <laughs> we should be filled with the Holy Ghost. We should be filled with the Spirit. We should be led with the Spirit. He was filled and led by the Holy Ghost to prophesy on behalf of God. And he says, blessed be, which is what benediction means and benedictus means, it means blessed be. So he says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. Now this is probably where everybody's like, what? That's not, <laughs> this is not what typically is said. What Zacharias is saying now is, scripture is being fulfilled right now, right now. See, they were longing and looking forward to the time when God would visit them. God would visit them. And now 
he is visiting them. Whenever we see this word visit, you almost have to go all the way back in time to when God visited his people in bondage in Egypt. You have to go all the way back there because what Zacharias is saying and what that scripture in the Old Testament speaks of is God delivering you out of the bondage of sin, slavery, and affliction. And that's what Zacharias is going to speak to. So he says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Redeemed is that word that means bought back. Buy back. So he visited his people in Egypt and delivered them and took them for himself. For himself. His possession. This is what this scripture speaks to. Zacharias is telling the Jewish people, this is the time we are delivered. We are saved. Verse 69 says, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. It says, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Horn is, is really twofold there, and in your scripture it might be in red. If you have one of those prophecy type Bibles, it might be in red, but horn really symbolizes strength, and it really speaks to the strength of God as only he could deliver his people. Zechariah says that he delivered his people in a unique and special way. God delivered his people by fulfilling his promise to his people from the house of David. Here's why this prophecy is so unique, and this is why it's called a prophecy, because Zacharias first focuses in on Jesus. He doesn't begin speaking about his son, John, or, or baby Johnny, or Johnny Johnny. Like the song says, right? If some of y'all know the Johnny Johnny. Yes, Papa? Y'all don't know that? <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, but it's one of the little kids' songs. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> God begins, John begins, uh, Zacharias begins not to speak about John, but to speak about Jesus. Because this is prophecy. And so he says that he raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. This is uh, very similar to what David spoke of. This, just like Mary's song, is drenched in Old Testament biblical allusions and scriptures. And I do want to point some of those out like I did last week. What I'm trying to emphasize in today's lesson, like last week's lesson, is when we approach God, when we speak to God, when we communicate with God, when we communicate about God, it needs to be in reference to scripture. We have to know what the Word of God says. If we don't know what the Word of God says, then we're speaking out of ignorance. We're speaking out of ignorance. When we pray, we pray based on His Word, His will. Jesus said that when He talked about the model prayer. It's in His will according to His name, based on God's Word. So in 2 Samuel chapter 22, David says the exact same thing that Zacharias speaks of, and this is in 2 Samuel chapter 22, this is David's song of deliverance. 
Zacharias is speaking of deliverance for his people. We all have been delivered. We've been saved. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back. We've been purchased with a price. It says, this is 2 Samuel chapter 22. It says, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies. Zacharias will speak of that. And out of the hand of Saul. And he said, and this is also Psalms uh, chapter 18, exact same uh, portion. It says, And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. He speaks about the horn of his salvation. He speaks about deliverance. He speaks about Jesus. This is prophecy, speaking of Jesus as his savior. He believed in the one that was to come. Zechariah says the one that David spoke of has come. This is the time God fulfills his promises. If he says it, he will keep it. God is faithful. Zechariah speaks of this. He says that he'll raise a horn from the house of David, from the tribe of Judah. This is Jesus Christ. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Even though Elizabeth and Zacharias is from the Levite, Levi tribe. That's why we know here that he's not speaking of John the Baptist right now. He's speaking of Jesus Christ, one from the house of David. And then he says in verse 70 of Luke chapter 1, it says, And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets all throughout the prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. And then verse 72 says, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Last week I read from Genesis chapter 17, which spoke of the covenant or the promise. I do want to go back uh, briefly to Genesis as well, as Zacharias recalls the covenant and the scripture and the promise that was made to Abraham. So even if you look at Genesis, the 12th chapter, you'll see it's spoken of when God had brought Abram out of, the, out of his homeland. In Genesis chapter 12, as it speaks about the Abrahamic covenant, it says, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of a country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. The land represented something. The land represented something. This promised land represented a place of peace and security and all of their needs met. We have that today in Christ Jesus. It was relationship with God. God would take care of everything. He would deliver them from their enemies. They would have peace. They would have protection. They would have favor. They would have mercy. They would have anything that they need, provisions met. And then he says in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 12, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. It's very easy to, to listen to this and think that God was really speaking about Abraham. 
if you don't really continue to read, you may get the impression that he was speaking about Abraham. But he was using Abraham. But he was speaking about Jesus Christ. He was speaking about Jesus Christ. That's why verse 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse that curse him that curse thee, and in thee all families of the earth shall be blessed. This is why Paul had to tell the, the Jews, you're not blessed because you're a physical seed of Abraham. You're blessed because of the same obedience that Abraham demonstrated and that he believed in Jesus Christ. Therefore, you are blessed. And so, Zacharias is saying, this covenant, this promise that was given to Abraham then that spoke of Jesus Christ is being fulfilled today. Believe. Believe. And then in verse 74 and 75 of Luke chapter 1, after he speaks of the oath or the covenant or the promise to Abraham, he says in verse 74 that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear. Might serve him without fear. And then 75 says, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Zacharias says we have an opportunity to serve and worship the true and living God because he's delivered us out of bondage, out of slavery. We have an opportunity to serve. Once we believe in the promise, once we believe in Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to worship and serve. An opportunity to worship and serve only comes after we believe in Jesus Christ or believe in the promise of Jesus Christ. He speaks of holiness and righteousness. This is for us today to understand that we are to be holy. Holy is unique. God is holy. God is God alone. We are called to be holy. That's set apart. That's set apart. We're not called to blend in with the world. We're called to be set apart for God's purpose, for God's will, for God's plan. We are called to stand out, to be separate from the world, evil, and all of those things that Zacharias is saying we've been delivered from. We've been delivered from sin, so we shouldn't look and act sinful. We've been delivered from bondage and the corruption of the flesh. So as Paul teaches many times, we shouldn't live according to the flesh. And then we are called to be righteous. When we talked about righteousness early on um, about God's characteristics, we looked at righteousness as a standard as a standard, Christ is the standard, it means all rights. It means according to God's will. We are called to live according to the word of God, not live according to our own evil thoughts and desires and flesh, not according to what we want. Jesus Christ set the standard. I'm thankful that God sent his son, not only to die for my sins, but to show how to live according to God's will. Sometimes we just thank God for dying for us, but we don't thank God for allowing his son to live for us, to show us an example of how Christ, how we ought to live. That's what Christ did first. He said there's certain ways that you're supposed to speak to people. 
there's a way that you're supposed to treat people. There's a way that we're supposed to think. There's a way that we're supposed to act. This is what love looks like. This is what obedience, humility, and surrender to a higher authority looks like. I thank God that he sent his son to live out an example and be the prototype for me. So I don't have an excuse. I can't say, well, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what to do in this situation. Christ came and he lived that. Now what I should say if I say I don't know is maybe I don't know what the scripture says about Jesus Christ. Maybe I need to go back and read a little more and study. But Jesus set an example and a pattern. And then it says in verse 76 through 79, it says, And thou child, so then Zacharias transitions to John the Baptist. He begins with this prophecy about Jesus, because prophecy is what was to come. It was very imminent. It was immediate. It was about to happen. And then in verse 76, he says, And thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And he speaks about John the Baptist's ministry. He says that, he would give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Um, we will take some time to examine uh, the ministry of, of John the Baptist. It, it is extremely important when we approach the ministry of Jesus Christ. But John the Baptist's role, as Zechariah speaks of it in his prophecy, was to prepare the people for the remission of sins, for the remission of sins that would come through Jesus Christ. It's interesting because Jesus is referred to here in verse 78 as the day spring, like a sunrise. And this is not Zacharias just speaking from like how he feels or just making up things on the spot. This again is scripture, scripture reference, where it says to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. I want to conclude by looking at a prophecy from Isaiah. So if you remember some of Isaiah's writing, you probably remember Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read that. Again, Zacharias is crediting the things of God based on Old Testament scripture and prophecy. And so Isaiah chapter 9 says, verse 1, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in the sea in the Galilee of the nations. That's a, that, that part, verse 1, we'll probably talk about a little later on because that really speaks to specific locations that Jesus visited. And everything in verse 1, he actually visited that location. But we'll talk more about that when we examine the life of, of Christ. But verse 2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. That light is Jesus Christ. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them had the light shine. So in... Zechariah says that in our time of darkness, dimness, when we were lost, when we were doomed to despair, the light shone. Jesus appeared. That is a scripture that I encourage you to examine in your own life. 
And it may have been after salvation, when you experienced the time of darkness, you didn't know your way out, and Christ appeared on the scene and delivered you out of a situation or circumstance. I can think of many times where I probably shouldn't even be here today um, because God delivered me, but God delivered me. This is what Zechariah speaks of, and he also speaks of the same thing in Isaiah chapter 60, which I won't read, but it speaks about the day spring or the dawning of Jesus Christ. In Zechariah's, in closing, in Zechariah's benediction, as he sends the people away, he says, believe the scripture. Believe what the word of God has said. As you leave this place and go out, go out in peace, knowing that Christ is come to deliver you from your bondage. Everything that we've hoped for and waited for, the time is now in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask of this week that you read of Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. This is um, when the angel comes to speak to Joseph, um, which is a familiar passage, but it will help us transition to next week. That's Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Um, I thank God that he has allowed us to come to the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. I cannot imagine what my life would be like if I didn't know Jesus. I, I can't imagine. Sometimes we like to imagine and think, oh, I know I'd be in bad shape, and that's just, that's speaking lightly. Without Jesus Christ, I don't know where I would be. I struggle in my day-to-day -day life with Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can see my flaws and my failures each day with Jesus Christ. I can only imagine being in bondage to, to sin in this flesh and not having a way out. Sometimes you, we, we think about uh, family members or friends that may not know Jesus Christ like we do. That should almost prick our heart to want to have a conversation. Just open up a conversation about Jesus Christ with someone, whether that's a family member, a friend, or just someone that we come across. Um, God is good because he's a God of opportunity. And he's a God of second chances. And so he will continue to provide that um, for us, not only for ourselves, but to help someone else that may be in need. If you could bow with me for a word of prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come just thanking you. Thanking you for delivering us, for saving us, and for setting us free. We pray that we wouldn't find ourselves back in the yoke of bondage through our thoughts, our evil intents, but that we would draw closer to you and reflect on what your word says so that we can make good choices and decisions, knowing that we are priests as well and we are responsible for others. We thank you for loving us when we didn't know you. We thank you for providing a way out. We thank you for redeeming us, for sharing with us your son, Jesus Christ. We pray for those that will be traveling. We pray for each person here under the sound of my voice.
that you would just protect us um, even as we um, leave this place. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.